Hi everyone and welcome to episode 26 of the Ask the Coach show. I'm Jeff Plum from Ping Skills and with me as always is Alois Rosario. Welcome Alois. Thanks Jeff. Welcome to you too. Thanks very much. Um, looking forward to another exciting show. Yes. Alright, well let's get stuck into some of the questions. So um, first of all, our ping skiller question of the day from yesterday was, is the Chinese National Championships harder to win than the Olympic Games? What do you think about that? Well, I'd have to say yes, because um, often at the Olympics you don't have, um, sometimes you don't even have the number one or two ranked players in the world because uh, the qualification process might um might eliminate them because you can only have a couple of players from any country. So, um, yeah, I think it's definitely hard. The Chinese national championships are definitely harder because you've got, you know, the top four or five players in the world now um, in both the men and the women um, ranked uh, ranked at, right at the top from China. So, you know, the Chinese national championships probably the hardest tournament in the world to win. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? And um, I guess that takes away something from the Olympics, the way the criteria is. They can only have, like, I think it's only two, isn't it, in the yeah. in the Olympics? Yeah. In the singles. So, yeah, and like you said, because of the, the rules, at, they select them a, a bit before the Olympics, so they might not even be competing, the number one and two in the world at the Olympics. So, yeah, I have to agree with you. Chinese national championships may be harder to win. And not just, we don't want to get in to it too much, but do you think they need to change the rules for the Olympics? Yeah, well, I th well there's, there's good and bad on both sides. You know, I think it's it's good to have a, a spread of um, of countries and, and give opportunities to, to different players in different regions, but, you know, if the top four or five players in the world aren't playing, then... I think there's something wrong, you know. So I mean, it is the Olympics. It's it should be the pinnacle of the sport, um, and it should involve you know the best players in the world. So and at the moment, it's not. Okay, interesting thoughts. Okay, so that moves us on to the ping skillers question of the day. And today we want to know: um, Would you like the Ask the Coach show as an audio podcast? So uh, leave your thoughts in the comments. We'd love to hear whether that would be of interest to you. All right, moving on uh, to the next question, and it is from Yusra. And Yusra asks, can we train for about three hours every day? Yeah, well, it's uh, the amount of training is interesting, isn't it? I mean, the, the critical things are, firstly, how much time you've got available, and secondly, are you training too much to, to tie yourself out so that you don't concentrate and your training session isn't effective. So as long as firstly that you've got the time and secondly that your concentration can be maintained over that three hours, then three hours is fine. But it's really important to monitor that. If you're doing um, two hours of good training and one hour of junk where you where you can't concentrate and where you, um, you aren't uh, training well, then I think you know you're better off just stopping at two hours. So, so have a think about that. You know, and a lot of people worry and stress about the fact that they can't train more. Focus more about 
making sure that the time that you have on the table is really effective. If you do that, then you're probably getting um, more improvement and better training anyway. Okay, excellent advice, Alois there. All right, the next question is from Utkash. And Utkash says, I couldn't play table tennis for two to three months and there was a tournament so I practiced hard and I regained my form. But when I played my first match, which was against a very weak player, I don't know what happened to me and I just started playing horribly. Is there anything I can do about this? Yeah, so, um, so Utkash, you, you probably, you know, I mean, the, the limited preparation sometimes do, just does catch up on you. Um, because you know, one, you you don't have as much confidence in your strokes and your abilities, uh, because you just haven't had that repetition um, of play that you that you need. Um, but it's a lot about also in your training, thinking about trying to put yourself under a little bit more pressure, so so that when you get to a match situation, it all seems very similar. So if in training you're just training and you're playing and you know you're hitting a lot of balls on the table and you haven't got any pressure on yourself, then suddenly when you get to a match situation, it's it's really different and uh, it's hard to perform at your best. So so have a think about that. Have a think about your training time and just seeing how well you can um, train, how much, uh, how much focus you've got during your training and how similar it is to a match conditions or, or to your match conditions. The, the more uh, similar they are, the easier it is to play matches. So, okay, yeah. Yeah, that's really good advice, Alice. And we actually do have um, a video on effective training and, and about how to make um, your training as close to the what you would do in a match. So I'll put a link to that uh, in the description of this show. Um, good luck. Utkash, definitely something you can work on and can improve, so stick at it. Okay, the next question is from Kevin, and Kevin says, my coach told me that I should bend my body and my knees. He said my eyes should be at the net level throughout the rally, and how can I get used to it? Yeah, so um, your coach is right. You definitely need to be down nice and low when you're playing, and you need to maintain that that low position during your rally, during your strokes as well. Um, whether your eyes are at net level, maybe not quite. I mean, you probably need to be a little bit higher than that. But, you know, getting down low is a real key of being able to improve your game and improve your strokes. So, so again, we talked a little bit about training. It's about doing that in the training situation, and that's how you get used to it, by by doing it regularly during your training session. Focus on it all the time. Make sure you're staying down low when you're returning serve, when you're serving, when you're playing in the rally, um, even when you're blocking. So you might be training with a partner who's doing the footwork drill. When you're blocking, make sure you're staying down nice and low as well. Then it becomes a habit. Then that becomes your your default um, playing position, and when you get into a match situation, it's the same. So, so think about doing that well during training, and that's how you get used to it. Okay, yeah, very good. So I think, Alice, one of the uh, most obvious ways to tell a beginner versus a, a better player, just at first glance, is by their stance, isn't it? So you can see that you know the better players will be down, their knees will be bent, they'll be nice and low, 
and the professional will be sort of standing upright, and you can just tell the difference immediately, can't you? Yeah, that's right. The beginner, the beginner player will be up high. That's right, um, and you, you, you'll see that they, yeah, that their balance isn't as good, and, and it does affect your strokes as well. So yeah, definitely, um, really think about staying down low um, as you as you're progressing through your skills as well. It's a really important skill to develop. Okay, good. And we do have a uh, video on the basic stance which goes through all that and a lot of people are surprised about just how wide you need to get your feet and uh, to be really balanced and get in a nice low position. So I'll put that link in the description. But one other question on this, Alex. When I see a lot of the professionals serving, sometimes they do seem to get even lower when they're, oh, not serving, when they're receiving, sorry. They often seem to get lower than they would in a normal rally, some of them, and even do have their eyes nearly at net level when returning serve. Do you, do you notice that? Yeah, I think I think you know that just that just gets you into a really good low position, um, and and then from there you can progress in the rally. If you're standing up high, it's harder to get down low than if you're really low to just come up a little bit and play. So um, yeah, so that's something that some players do utilise. Okay, so is it a must to get down that low for returning the serve, or is that more of a personal preference? As long as you are fairly low. Yeah, I think that oh, that's a per personal preference. As long as you're down um, fairly low, you know, really bend your knees and, as as you said, have a look at that basic stance um, lesson. Um, that's really important to just give you a, a really full understanding of of how low you can be and where you should be when you're playing. Excellent. All right, well, thanks for the question, Kevin. Hopefully those um, advice there from Alois helps you out. The next question is from Long. And Long says, I have a problem that when they make a topspin serve or a no-spin serve, I don't know what to do. Is there any way to return this type of serve without flicking? Yeah, so um, if the ball is long, long, then... You, can, you should definitely think about making the top spin instead. So, so long means that if the ball only bounces once on the table and then come, drops off the end, then you should be making the top spin. So if it's long uh, with no spin, back spin doesn't matter, you should definitely make a top spin stroke. Um, if the ball is higher, you can also think about making a top spin stroke. So. Um, if you've got a bit of clearance over the table, you can come forward and make the, the top spin stroke on that. If the ball's short with no spin or top spin, you can push the ball. It's a difficult stroke because you really need a lot of touch and need to almost come straight down on the ball so that you're absorbing the top spin. If you if you open up the angle and it's got top spin or no spin, the ball's going to go back really high. So you want to come down that way on the ball to absorb that top spin or no spin and try to get the ball short. But as I said, it's a really difficult stroke um, to do. My advice is though, why not flick? Okay, if 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 you've got a short no spin or top spin serve, okay, practice your flick. Think about also getting that as a better stroke that you can um, utilize and have a bit more confidence in as well. Okay, well, so work on your flick long. Because um, once you develop your flick, then you can start thinking about your placement more and you can make that return really effective. You can flick out wide or you can flick into their middle and it can be a really effective way to return those types of top spin or no spin serves. 
So work on that and good luck with your returning long. Well, that wraps up another show, Alois. Um, everyone, thanks for watching. Again, let us know if you'd like to see this as an audio podcast. Check out our website, www.pingskills.com, and check out the links that I'm going to put in the description. And if you haven't, sign up for our free newsletter. We'd love to have you on our list. We can send you lots of free tips every week on how to get better at your table tennis. All right, thanks, everyone, and we will see you next time. Thanks, Alloys. Okay, thanks, Jeff. See you later, Pink Skillers. Have a great day.